No, because who starts and who? I started the first episode and we got rid of the penguins one, so you're gonna start this one. Okay, well. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. <laughs> The theme of today's episode has never been more relevant <laughs> right now. I'm losing my mind. Okay, anyway. Woo! Hello, everyone. <laughs> my name is Hazel. I'm one half of this podcast, but I'm one full trans person. Woo! That's right, ladies and gentle people. I am now out of the closet. So that's for the fourth time in my life. So that's fun. <laughs> uh, and yeah, girl. Um, but what about you, Odia? Well, you said my name. So I'm Odia. <laughs> <laughs> I am one half of this podcast, but I'm one full cramping individual. And you're here with us for teen thoughts. I mean, so. Before we get into our main topic, we start with our first brand new segment, like we did in the first episode, the cup date, where we catch up on each other's past week. So Hazel, what's your cup date? Um, well, my room is clean, so there's that. <laughs> I love that for me. It actually, it took me, I've just been working a lot, so I have not had time to really take care of like my priorities at home. So what about you, sis? Uh, I mean, I'm just preparing for going back to classes. I finished my first two terms, aka first semester of my PhD in the end of last year. So now I'm just recharging and getting ready to go back. Period. So <laughs> it's going to be a long, long Long journey. Conversation. <laughs> so what's the sip is our main segment in which we dissect and discuss. Um, dissect and disgust? <laughs> I thought of the word disgust. And then <laughs> the word disgust. You know, I could have been a better friend. I could have let you say, say that with confidence and left you alone. I didn't have to do that. <laughs> Ah, anyway, <laughs> what's the sip is our segment where we talk about the main topic at hand and we kind of like get into it. Yeah. So um, <laughs> this episode, <laughs> girl, I'm in a goofy, silly mood. <laughs> oh, anyway. So anyway, to bring some decorum back into the room. <laughs> self-awareness is the ability to tune into your feelings thoughts and actions being self-aware also means being able to recognize how other people see you self-awareness is the recognition of one's own emotional state at any given point in time yeah self-awareness is the ability to be in tune to recognize your emotions your thoughts your feelings and emotions are feeling and feelings are two different things and your actions at any given point in time and oftentimes seeing how you are and who you are and how other people see you so you're aware that other people can see you a certain kind of way hopefully that 
clear some stuff up. But yeah, that's what we're talking about today. Being self-aware or lacking self-awareness sometimes at certain stages in our life. I think we should just, we should just dive into this because I think there's so many different elements of it. But I'm going to start off hot. Friend, how do you feel about yourself right now? Like who you are? It's weird, to be honest. Um, I'm equal parts. Um, I feel great in that, you know, I mean, like I said in the beginning of the episode, I just recently come out. It's been a week of being an out trans person. So, woo. But um, with that being said, I mean, like my gender issues are no longer as big of an issue now. I think now for me, it's about body dysmorphia, which probably could be its own issue later down the road that we can discuss. But I do think it also has relevancy to this topic Um, because like for so long, like I've had a hard battle with like detangling both things because I felt like one felt synonymous with the other just because of how beauty standards have set themselves the way that they have with women and um, the fact that I've applied that to myself as a queer person growing up so it's just it's just been a weird dynamic over the years but now that I'm no longer um, dealing again like I said before with the gender stuff um, now it's just the body stuff I'm like oh well Here we are now. So (laughs) I feel equal parts um, at peace with where I'm at, but also cognizant of where it is I want to go in terms of how I feel about myself when it comes to like my health overall Um, and how that affects my performance in life. So I do think that there's, I guess, a little bit more wiggle room to grow that I can see as, as far as like, being self-aware about where I'm at. So yeah, girl, that's, I guess, how I feel. What about you? Uh, I feel fine. I think that for most of my life, which will probably like answer a few other questions we might have later, but a lot of my sense of self and the feelings towards myself is this, don't take me out of context. This might sound rude, but it's not, I promise. I've always felt a sense of relief that I'm not somebody else. Like it's not, it doesn't require me looking at the lives of others deeply that I know. It's not like, Oh, Hazel's life's going like this. Thank God. I'm not going like, it wasn't like that. It was more along the lines of I've always looked at my life and all of its facets. And no matter how frustrated I get, I'd be like, but I get to be me though. And that, comes with this overwhelming feeling of relief and comfort and oftentimes pride. Like I'm proud to be who I am. And that's been the case for a long time. Like, I don't think I've ever really wanted to be anyone else. And it's just the the overarching feeling of my life. And that's how I feel about myself now. I felt about myself before. And that's how I feel about myself in the future, hopefully. So currently I'm, I'm feeling good that I'm me. You're feeling good and feeling gorgeous. There's things I could say. (laughs) There are things I could say. (laughs) I won't. So when did you personally become self-aware? Let's preface this with I'm a Pisces. And 
I feel like this is a loaded question. I also feel like it's an attack because I don't really think anything's real. So to be self-aware is to acknowledge one's existence. And I think at least twice a day, I consider the fact that I could be just the figment of somebody else's imagination. Like in my novels, I used to write novels when I was younger and I'm supposed to finish them. But the whole thing with my characters in the third book, spoiler alert, is that they realize that they're all just a part of someone's imagination. That person is who created them. And that's the way, that's me by proxy dealing with theism. So are they self-aware when they realize that they're just a byproduct of someone's imagination? And I know I'm spiraling trying to answer this question, but I feel like in terms of being self-aware and having a sense of self, I don't know how early it was that I've had that. I feel like I've always been pretty clear on who I am, but I also disassociate a lot. So if it's the ability to tune into your feelings, I feel like it was like turned on when I was really young and then slowly started to turn off as I've gotten into other situations and decided I'm just not going to feel anything. And that's on mental health. So (laughs) (laughs) that's a mental illness, love. (laughs) So I joined the Reddit community ask transgender for like the last year uh, to kind of really affirm a lot of my uh, issues that I've had as a secretly trans person before I came out to the world. So (laughs) when there were similar conversations being had about things that I personally felt, I was like, this is dangerously loud and incredibly close. And one of the topics at hand was about how it, like there's this thing called maladaptive dreaming or daydreaming, right? Maladaptive daydreaming, where one experiences daydreaming so intensely that it affects their daily life and also affects their responsibilities in daily life. And like for a good portion of my life, I that's pretty much what I did. And I didn't know there was a name to that. So when I discovered this, I noticed that a lot of that went in tandem with a lot of other trans folks who were experiencing gender dysphoria because they'd rather have anything other than the reality of what they're currently living now. So they daydream to the point where like, they're living a whole nother, they're in a whole nother dimension. And so with that being said, I feel like, um, I'm, I was trying to echo it back to what we were talking about. You had brought up something and I was going to, add to that i brought up disassociating um because it's obviously trauma a trauma response and based on my very brief google search at so it's maladaptive daydreaming <laughs> i didn't mean to laugh no <laughs> <laughs> it's it's your life it's your legacy it's your history it's who you are let me respect that i recant my laughter yeah, my laughter. Control out delete. Jail. But anyway, um, do I believe in the prison industrial complex? No. But <laughs> moving forward. So yeah, no, I the reason why I brought all that up is to say, you know, like it's very easy when, like you said, like when you've had like trauma and in tandem. Uh, trauma response to things it's kind of very hard to 
untangle that and kind of become self-aware. But I guess for me, I just became self-aware in that, like, I knew that this is what I was doing on a constant basis. And I was like, let's see what I can do to no longer have to deal with running away to another far, far away land that's not reality and working with what is in my reality. And um, I think it just came down to, in my case, this is just my narrative, was to treat the gender dysphoria at hand because obviously that was the main, like the main thing that was anchoring my maladaptive daydreaming, even like as a little kid, like when I look back on it now, it just makes so much more sense for why things were the way they were. So yeah, that's just a little, a little, a little thingy. So it sounds like we became too self-aware and then we were like, oh, turn this off. <laughs> Literally. <I've had> enough. <laughs> we were like, we've seen what we've needed to see. <laughs> yeah. I, I also think that that reflex, uh, not just disassociation in terms of it being trauma-based, but for anyone who's learning a lot about the world and its parts uh, as in an authentic way, because the world, this country, how it's structured, a lot of these things are not nice they're not fun and they're often very intense and it kind of makes you want to not be as aware anymore and the emotional part of that is this idea of self-awareness and being overly informed about your existence in the world like not only did I have to know that I exist as a human being and eventually have to start paying taxes which I do I also had to learn about what that it means for me to be a black woman well black girl and black girlhood is so hard it's so because you're forced into self-awareness very early since you're so responsible for the way that people treat you or mistreat you oftentimes is the case so when you become overly aware and you start imposing a lot of things and projecting a lot of things and also internalizing a lot of things about who you are, what yourself is, it becomes super overwhelming very easily. But with that being said, what would your ideal self be like? So in this realm or in this eventual part of the future, because as a person who you will be, who is that person? What are they like? someone who is in a healthier state of mind. Uh, and that comes with like every facet of what I think the word healthy is when it comes to mental, spiritual, physical health, like stuff like that. I don't expect a lot in the future because obviously I think that things are privy to change. So I'm very much open to where the direction of life will take me will lead me but I also think that for me personally I just would like to think that um, my ideal self would be someone that operates from a place of healthiness and not to say that I don't completely do that now I think there's just a lot more wiggle room to figure out what that means for me now but what about you? Uh, I apologize if this dabbles in the the fake deep but I truly believe my ideal self is the version of me that's most forward. And what I mean by that is, I think sometimes, especially when you're in your early 20s, you're trying to kind of like detangle yourself from 
your past from your childhood that just recently ended. And there are a lot of things that you just like keep moving back to and keep pivoting to even behaviors that you start to recycle from when you're like 17, because you're starting to confront certain things in a way that you get triggered or thing in a way that you get really reactionary, which is fine, but it ends up being something not good for you anymore because you're going back and you can't keep doing that motion for too long. So I think it's the part where I reach acceptance in a lot of elements in my life because I've been able to go back and really address the things in the past that are significant to me that I've gone unsaid or undone or whatever. And the ideal version of myself is just the the version of myself that's forward, that's looking forward, that's moving on, that's taking what's necessary with her and moving from experiences, whether it be relationships with others or like educational experiences, jobs, whatever, and is taking that and just moving on. And that's it. That's me. That's the ideal version of myself. And I think I'm steadily getting there by seeking out the help that I need and being able to like truly look at myself in a way that's um, holistic. In the theme of self-awareness, um, what character in a TV show or movie do you think best represents you? Quickly. Um, if she's bossy, she's me. That is all. If she's bossy, she's me. And it's funny because, you know, when you're younger and you're watching shows with like, your siblings or your cousins or whatever, and everyone's like, oh, that one's you or that one's me, or blah, 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 blah. Always the bossy one. Angelica from Rugrats. Oh, yeah, that's you. How? I'm not even blonde. So racially motivated. No one is. <laughs> Susie Carmichael was right there, but it's because she was like super bossy. <laughs> and uh, I can see that because I am a very headstrong person. But I would say the character that best encapsulated me that comes that probably came to mind first was Raven from Teen Titans. First of all, the outfit, I'd wear that. And no doubt about it. And the fact that she has powers is always really cool. So I think her and her general affect and tone is more like me on a regular basis than people might think. But I'm just an extrovert. But the rage, the rage, it's me. It's me. I probably have someone else that comes to mind. But definitely even from Teen Titans. What about you? I have a couple in mind. I immediately think Sharpay from High School Musical. Because one thing about it, I am a hardworking showgirl (laughs) who lives for drama. (laughs) No, she and also is like she's dead set on getting her man, whether or not he wants her. So. I was like, growing up, I'm like, yeah, Sharpay. But then also, like, Sharpay was also, like, very quick with it. She was very witty, but she was also very... She was a smart blonde in that, like, she knew what she needed to do to get to where she wanted to go. But also, she branded herself in such a way that made people look at her as just... A bimbo and that's me <laughs> i've never felt so seen in life really um and then 
I also think about um, another character on TV that I feel I resonate with is Maddie from Euphoria. And here's why. We're both hot girls that make really dumb decisions. And I just think. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of it too is like, a lot of our poor decision-making comes from like a place of insecurity. And so obviously I'm not glamorizing it or romanticizing it by any means. I'm currently a work in progress as we speak. But (laughs) watching euphoria and seeing the choices that she's made and seeing why she made some of those choices i was just like oh that's oh i relate a little too closely to her (laughs) so there's that but um yeah i think that's about it really oh london tipton because you gotta throw in the fact that even though it was never addressed on the show we know that girl had adhd She was the embodiment of ADHD. And it adds as a bonus that she was a pretty rich Asian girl. Although I'm not rich. Spiritually? Mentally. (laughs) You're rich where it counts. (laughs) Rich where it matters. That's what people say all the time. It's like, oh, we're not poor. We're not poor. We're rich. We're wealthy in love. <laughs> there is abundance where there should be. And I just think <laughs> she's repping for the girls. Okay, to make it to add a layer, what character from SpongeBob SquarePants best represents who you are? Currently as we speak right now. Yes. Easily. Easily Squidward. I'm Patrick's home. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm Mrs. Puff because one thing about it. <laughs> I actually might be SpongeBob's pursuit of a driver's license. <laughs> like and I'm SpongeBob in pursuit of <laughs> driver's license. <laughs> I'm just that thing he keeps trying for for whatever reason and just not getting. No, no, no. I know exactly who I am. I'm Dirty Dan. <laughs> Wait, no, I could be the magic conch. <laughs> you can I, I think that's what it is. Oh, no. I'm the strings that put SpongeBob on top of the Krusty Krab during that music sequence for the SpongeBob movie where he was like the magician. Always supporting my friends. Uplifting I actually think I might be Karen. Plankton's wife. Yeah. I'm Plankton's pursuit of getting that. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of getting into the kitchen and making your own. You're just going to steal somebody else's. Your energy is plagiarism. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) No, my energy is envy. <laughs> and, and a unwavering motivation to get me from point A to point B. So. I was gonna throw one more show in there just to add some layers, so we can really, really reflect. No, let's let's refine it then. What are you thinking? I'm trying to think because I want a show that's not animated, so I can grow up a little bit. But 
Well, I literally just said I'm Maddie from Euphoria. No, I'm talking about from from my vantage point. If we're going to do Euphoria, it's hard because I don't resonate with most of the characters personally. Like, I think they're all interesting. But if you had to do like a sun... I'd be Lexi. Like, that's just... I feel like you'd be Lexi too, but like as a sun moon rising. Let's not do this. Okay. (laughs) We don't have time for this. We have more questions to ask. It's like Lexi with Jules's energy. If you mix those two things together, you get a me. Yeah. Pretty easily. Yeah. I'm Maddie and Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> my my sun is in Maddie. My moon is in Cassie. And my rising is Fesco. I'm going to let you have that. I feel like it's important to you. So I'm just going to keep it there. I'm not going to analyze. I'm not going to contest it. I'm just, I heard you. You're heard in this space. I'm listening. (laughs) As they would say. Okay. I mean, I think that's. Yeah, I think that fits. I wonder what, if you're listening, what character from a TV show or a movie best represents you? We didn't do a movie, but I think that's a little bit more difficult. If we're going to go off of a movie, I think that I'm Elwoods. Well, you did a movie because you did High School Musical. I didn't do a movie because I'm a, apparently I don't read. And I wrote the question. I feel like you're that friend that Elwoods made after having been enemies in the first place. First of all, I would never wear what she wore. <laughs> and if you wanted to be rude, you could have just said that. <laughs> oh, dear, said oh I'm, ISIS from, dynamic. I'm ISIS from Bring It On. Gabrielle Union's character. All of it. I see that for you. Period. Okay. So... To change notes just a little bit, because right now I want to balance it because we start off with these very mature, developed takes. But that's not who we are all the time. And part of self-awareness is knowing when you're wrong. So, friend, when did you realize that you might actually be the villain? No, because (laughs) there have been many an instance, for example. When I was little and me and my sister would have fries from McDonald's and mom would like give us the entire bag and would like put it to the back for us to have because I'm naturally the eldest one. I had to be the one to take it and then like hold it or whatever have you. Girl, I'd be stealing some of her fries. That's as villainous as you're going to get. That that was the... You no, have people praying for your downfall listening to this podcast, don't you? No, I you don't you, <laughs> listen. We are grown now. It's above us now. <laughs> but no, because you said, when did you realize you might actually be the villain? That was when I realized. When I knew I had the power to take things away <laughs> where I shouldn't. <laughs> okay. It all started with fries for you. Uh, mine was 
when I realized like a few years ago that I would give my friends advice, not unsolicited. I usually would just ask if they want to hear my opinion on something. And then I like give three statements preferencing that I know I don't know everything and I'm just here to help, but I would never ask anybody for theirs. That's when I knew (laughs) that I am a little villainous because it's not that I don't think people's opinions are valuable. I just don't want to hear them a lot of the time. Like a lot of the time. Like a lot of the time. So friends listening in on this. (laughs) I acknowledge this. I was like, I realize I don't ask y'all advice on things. And it's not that I don't. What, I don't think you have good things to say is that I honestly don't want to hear what a lot of people have to say a lot of like I'll notice when I'm on social media if I'm on TikTok you know how people just scroll through TikTok because they're bored like when people start talking I get a little irritated so I just skip it no because everyone talks on TikTok so. that's exactly what it is so at some point I just turn down the, the volume and I just watch facial expressions and I'm like oh no I am the problem it's me <laughs> Yeah, it's me. And I told my friend this the other day. She's like, that's the most earth sign thing you said. And I already said that I was a Pisces, but, but I have a Virgo rising. If that's important for all of you, it might give you some insights. And yeah, but it's important to listen to others. And of course, I listen to others. I collaborate with others pretty well, in my opinion. I have friends, unless you want to recant our relationship. I'd like to publicly do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I do listen to others. I only listen when I ask. Like if I ask people, of course, I'm going to listen to their responses. But I don't always ask people. I don't always invite people into a space to share their thoughts with me on things that I'm thinking of. And it, part of that is probably related to the fact that I don't think that anyone cares about what I have to say unless they ask. And I kind of internalize that a lot. So I think it's just more of me thinking that people don't think that I value them since I don't ask them things when no one brought that up to me of being a concern. But then when I investigate why I don't ask people things, I realize that it's not coming from the best place. And I think that's when I realized that it's a little bit villainous because I never really understood when people would say, you think you're smarter than everyone, what they were alluding to. And I think that might be it. Because I don't think I'm smarter than everyone. I, for a long time in my life, I just believed that my brain was average. And everyone thinks at the same caliber. They're just not interested in the same things. And I thought that's what it was. And that's mm, that's not true. I've seen what some of y'all had to say. It's not true. But I think the lack of me asking people for their insights and for their thoughts, not like, again, not that I don't think that they're valuable. It's genuinely because like the process of hearing what people think for me <laughs> felt daunting for a while especially through my teenage years uh but I'm a lot better at it now and everyone has value to contribute to conversations so with that being said um what's one thing personally when it comes to like self-realization or self-awareness right it also comes with the realization that you're very much a real person that's doing real things that have real consequences. So with that being said, is there anything that you've done in the past that you feel you regret doing? Nope. Next. Same. <laughs> no, because... I just, go ahead, go ahead. I feel like regret is a not a waste of time, 
but it's one of those things like let's say I did something to someone that I didn't mean to do and I owe that person an apology I just feel like remorse and regret aren't necessarily the same thing so I can feel remorseful like I hurt you I didn't mean to hurt you and I hurt you and have to and it doesn't matter that I didn't mean to I did it so I have to address that that's fine and I'll do that but I can't spend that time like actively feeling bad about myself for a choice that I've made. I live my life soberly. So I'm fully conscious most of the time, maybe not fully aware of all the information, but I'm fully conscious most of the time, every choice I make, even the most benign ones, like when I'm drinking water. So there's nothing really for me to say, but I did that and it was wrong. And I'm apologizing. I'm asking for your forgiveness if it's warranted or relevant. Uh, sometimes I'm not asking for forgiveness. Sometimes I'm just acknowledging that something that I did that wasn't cool and how our relationship goes is how it goes. But that's pretty much it. I don't spend a lot of time regretting things because it already happened and I'm supposed to not do good things all the time. I'm not going to be a perfect person. So beating myself up for that is not healthy. So no, I don't regret anything. I feel that, friend. No, I don't regret anything either because like, I mean, if you asked me this this time last year, I would be singing a different tune. But I think now that I've had time to myself this last year to be <clears throat> self-aware, um, I just think <laughs> that um, a lot of what I did regret, I found context for why it had to happen, even if it were to just be something I did to put myself at peace or whatever have you. I do think, and as corny as it sounds, I do think that everything happens for a reason. With that being said, I also firmly believe that everything that I have done had to happen so I could learn something from that experience. And so a lot of what I did regret, like say for example, like how my career as a drag queen had ended or whatever have you, or like, uh, not ended, but was paused at the time that it was, or how I approached my mental well-being these last couple of years. Like, I think that now with a different pair of eyes, I finally found a way to kind of be like, you know what? It had to happen. So then that way, what I have now was given to me or like what I am striving to have moving forward has the proper energy that it needs to be given. So that's just me though. But um, Look, the flip side of that. Yeah. What's something that you possess, like a trait of yours, a characteristic, a mindset? What's something that you possess that you're proud of? That I don't give up. It's corny. Tomato, tomato. Ooh. But I think. Yeah, it's a little lame. It's a little lame. I'm not, not going to lie. lie. It's a little lame. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's really true because a lot of people, a lot of girls out here will be scared. And I'll name them. But like, I think that that's like my number one thing that I'm like the most proud of, I think, is that um, I don't find ways of giving up very easily. I mean, there's still things that I am maybe lazy to do or not as motivated to do. But when push comes to shove, am I able to get my cookies together and get what needs to get done done? Absolutely. 
So that's, I think, one of the biggest things I'm most proud of for myself. But what about you? I I don't know what to call it, but I just feel like there's this thing about me. It's this very strong, I think I alluded to it earlier, I have this very strong sense of who I am and my values, but this also like flexibility to my thoughts. Like I'm not afraid to be wrong. So this just like the person that I am, I get to have, and I'm very grateful for that. Like I'm very grateful that I get to wake up every morning and go to bed every night being this person. Like, I think that's something that I'm proud of. It's not even about being who I am as an accomplishment or the things that I've done an accomplishment, but just my, my worldview, my perspective, the fact that I've been able to cultivate such significant relationships in my life that are filled with love, respect, dignity, et cetera. And all those things are belong to me and I belong to me and I'm not performing for anyone. I'm not trying to be someone that I'm not like I've shed all of those thoughts. I didn't really have them to begin with, but they just don't exist. Like when I see my name on paper, it's mine. And I know who that person is. And I'm so glad that person is me. So that feeling that I have over myself, I think has been really protective and really gives me a sense of, of comfort and stability is that that's me. And I can trust myself through any of life's challenges and celebrations because that's, I can just trust who I am. I don't have to worry about whether or not, because I know I wouldn't put myself in a position where I'm harmed. I wouldn't put myself in a position. And that's not even a victim blame me type sentence. It's just like, I'm, I'm going to make choices that are good for me. And I trust myself to make choices that are good for me. I don't have to default to a parent or a person who I think is older than me or smarter than me. I know that the choices I'm going to make, I'm I can live with because I made them. And I don't, based on my conversations with other people, I don't think that's a universal feeling. It's not a universal feeling. And so the fact that you have that is something to be proud of, just off the strength that like, a lot of girls out here are scared. And again, I'll name them. <laughs> I mean, I feel super lucky because I think I watch television. I assume most things on television are fake, but when people resonate with a lot of people's insecurities or just the idea that they hate who they are. Mm -hmm. And on at the lowest that I felt in my life, being someone who's been diagnosed with major depressive disorder on multiple occasions, I still didn't want to be a different person. Yeah. No, I, feel I was like, this is me going through this and I'm, there's going to be another end to it. I, I hope, I mean, the first, first wave took seven years to get through, <laughs> but we're here. So there's that. And I think it's a thing about me. And I think it's something that people can notice in me. That stable sense of self, even when I disassociate. Oh boy. <laughs> no, because that is a very good thing to have. And it also is kind of very much an indicator of the kind of person that obviously you are in terms of like where you've gone because of that self-belief and self-trust in yourself. So like that is something to be proud of because a lot of people out here are still trying to figure out how to have that kind of security in themselves. Mm -hmm. So bravo to you, babes. 
Do I get a sticker? You get a Rupeter badge. <laughs> I wish people could see how my face dropped. <laughs> First of all, the flag, not cute. <laughs> not cute. Mm-mm. The sentiment, not any cuter. The colors? No. The choice of <laughs> RuPaul's face to be on said Rupeter badge? RuPaul's I know RuPaul's face my... is on the Rupeter some badge? Of, some of them do. Like, I, like I... He's gone too far. <laughs> it stops here. It used to be a proper society. A proper society is RuPaul not doing any more franchises than he has to. Um, No, we love RuPaul's Drag Race. We do. But when they touch RuPaul's Drag Race Atlantis is when I have to stop the cameras. Wait a minute. First of all, think about it. (laughs) Think about those Atlantic girls just giving. A serve. A total serve. I feel like if you're a drag queen living underwater, they can't touch you. No, they can't. They They literally can't. You're underwater. Your lungs are built different. (laughs) You are lip syncing and doing flips. Like the only person who can maybe compete is Candy Davenport. Other than that, the girl should be scared. (laughs) 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 We should wrap up the show. But before we do, we have our final segment, which is called Be Our Guest, where we open the floor up to audience questions. And so this week, we have a question from a lovely audience member who asked... A real audience member, because I know people would be saying, oh, so many people have asked me this question. and No, they haven't. No, they haven't. You were the one asking yourself the question multiple times. In the mirror. In the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you set your priorities? Is the question. And um, to practically put it in the terms for me, I put it on my bullet journal. Um, so then that way I can like visually see it. Because I'm not the type of person that can like, again, I have ADHD. So prioritizing is not my forte. So like, anything that I'll immediately prioritize will be something that's urgent. Sure. But when it comes to the long-term things, it's like, hmm, is that going to get done? Um, So I have to put it on, I have to literally put it on paper to like see it. Um, But what about you? I, I don't, I kind of just know what they are, to be honest, but. Now you're being built different. My priorities, I, okay, this kind of stems from a conversation that I had. My answer stems from a conversation that I had with my therapist this past week. When she asked me if I was excited for the new year, I said, girl, why? Nothing changed. And she asked me <laughs> if I set some, like this, it was a legitimate chance. I'm like, why would I be excited? But she asked me if I had like New Year's resolutions. I said, absolutely not. <laughs> why would I do that? And it's not to say that making New Year's resolutions are bad. You do what you got to do for your life. But for me, I have these sets of goals that have to be reinforced every day. And I think those become my priorities. So 
I try to make sure that I am living the healthiest I can every single day. And what does that entail? It entails not doing things I don't want to do. For example, I don't like meetings before 10 a.m. So if someone asks me when to meet, I give them times all after 10 a.m. Even if I'm available at nine, I don't want to talk. So I'm not doing that. And my relationships with everyone in my life are a priority. So making sure that people in my life know that I'm present and I'm there is a huge priority to me. Making sure that I get the tasks done that I need to get done are a priority to me. And how these, setting the priorities, I don't think is a difficulty. It's like putting them in action, making sure that it don't like conflict is really critical, but there are trade-offs with my priorities. I can, I know can only be temporary. Like if you're always shifting a priority, for something else, it's no longer a priority. So making sure that I know when those are changing is really critical. So I usually set them based on things that need to be done. A lot of my parties when I was younger were set based on what people wanted from me or expected from me. But now the overall priority is how can I make sure I'm living my healthiest way today? And then everything kind of has to follow through with that prompt. And then being the best version of myself requires me to be the healthiest version of myself. So they're kind of like symbiotic, but that's how I do it. I just say, I don't know. I just move towards them. I move towards my priorities. (laughs) Period. And so with that being said, thank you for streaming another episode of tea and thoughts. Um, We'll be here again next week to talk about something. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> it depends. It depends on our uh, mood because, you know, most of the time we're in a silly, goofy one. So we'll... got serious today. But yes, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok. We say Twitter, but are we really tweeting? Mm. You can follow us there at tthoughtspod. That's at tthoughtspod. You know how to spell yeah, because we've literally done it like five episodes in the first. <laughs> and if you found the podcast and you can't spell T and thoughts, there are bigger concerns. Be well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. I was going to say see you next time, but I don't see you. Be well. I, don't, I was going to say see you next time, but this is a podcast. We can't see the listeners. No, we can't. But we can tell when you stream. So thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.